Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving... At your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Mensel. Joining me is Paul Dennett. Paul, how are you? Very good, Menas. Good to be here. Exciting times. Cricket's about to start. We're less than a year away from the Ashes as well. It's all happening. Yeah, great news, that one. And (laughs) joining us after a a long absence, a far too long of an absence, is Jaleesa Apps from Channel 9. Jaleesa, how are you? I'm good, Manners. I'm happy that it's almost cricket season. I get to this point of the year and I feel a little bit drained from rugby league and I'm ready for a new sport as much as I do love rugby league and I know you do too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly how I'm feeling. That's surprising. (laughs) Uh, So great to have you back. We're going to go through all the cricket headlines. We are going to wrap it up with Can't Let It Go. We're going to preview the upcoming series but first off i want to get your thoughts on the new big bash rules because it was very divisive last week so look i asked glenn maxwell what he thought let's have a listen to that first and then i'm going to get your opinion jaleesa g'day glenn Uh, welcome back i'm wondering uh, if you've had a chance to look at the new big bash rules and and what you think of them yeah i have looked at them it's uh it's gonna be different that's for sure and it's gonna be a Hard work for captains to implement them as as well as they possibly can to get an advantage on the rest of the rest of the competition, and I think it, it, it presents a really good challenge, I suppose, for teams to have good squad depth to to be able to use their twelfth and thirteenth players. And I think it's I think it's exciting. Obviously, it's a, it's a different um, way of playing the game. It's it's not going to be 
the traditional T20. Mm. I'm not sure if we can have <laughs> traditional T20, um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's exciting. It's, it's it's obviously been met by a little bit of criticism in the public, and um, that's understandable. All changes probably go through a, a teething phase, but for me personally, I, I, I find it exciting to to sort of show the tactical um, side of the game, and it, it's a good uh, opportunity for, for teams to sort of show their tactical nous and. So, Jaleesa, we've heard Maxie's thoughts. Mm. Are you a fan of the the X Factor, the power surge and the big bash boost? Well, first of all, are you a fan? Because I came away from last week's podcast <laughs> that bloody confused. So was I. <laughs> I was like, I, I couldn't work out. I was like... I was so confused because I was expecting Mad Menners. Yeah. Um, because we had texted about it before. Yeah. So I was expecting Mad Menners. And then I got something that felt like <laughs> Mad Menners was inside, but he'd been paid by Cricket Australia. <laughs> and I want to be, up. I want to be on whatever that payroll is. <laughs> because unfortunately I didn't get bribed. I just had a change of heart. Yeah, yeah 15 times. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? It was I, like you're expecting mad men as but you got fifteen different opinion men. You're like, yeah, they're terrible. But I they, you know, but you're they're like great, they're but great. They're great. They're great, but no doubt they'll fail. <laughs> um look, my opinion is I am very strong in my opinion that I hate them. And if anyone who ha- didn't listen to the podcast last week, please go back and listen to it to understand these rules because Paul really explained them extremely well. And you have a quite a you're very good, Paul, at explaining these oh, rules you. and giving um, examples. Because I have to say, I was very relieved when I listened last week and heard Ben Horn say that he didn't quite get it when he was reading it because I read it 15 times and I didn't get it. And then I went on, I was on SEN the next day and they said, so what about the new rules? Can you explain them? And I said, well, I wish I could, but I had, I read them so many times. I was like, hang on, what, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And Paul did a great explanation of them. But um, I think just by the mere fact that I had to read them so many times, they're terrible because this is meant to be the entry level to cricket and this is meant to be where you get the casual observer and I think why why are you overcomplicating it? I, I'm really off it. I, I hate it. I think the X factor, what is the point? You're going to be bringing in just a fringe player. Your best players are in the team. You can change the course of a game. No, you can't. Well, the best players are in the team. I think that was Menas being sarcastic Menas. No, no, no. I'm a, a big fan of innovation. As I've said, they won't all work. Um, I, I did. I was really critical. I'm all about the power surge. Uh, the power surge, I can. Uh, it's the one I can probably get on board with. The point, the the extra point. They did this in netball, and netball, like they, you got a point for winning a quarter. They did it with the super netball yep. this year, and. It's was it's just stupid. It's when she turned to gimmicks, you lose your sport. And I I just found it. I don't want to be sitting there taking my friends who are some of them who are very casual observers to cricket, having to explain cricket already, and then having to explain. By the way, there's all these weird rules, and it's just ridiculous. I I'm not a fan at all. But in saying that, when the rugby league this year brought in some Here of its go. rules. <laughs> <laughs> Netball, rugby league. <laughs> Welcome back, Jaleesa. Welcome back to sport. I love the sports. Come Tour de France sort of has them when you get, you know, the, you get the green jersey, right, and all yeah. the, the, the sprinting points and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> what else can we bring up? <laughs> all right, let's move on. All right, so Jaleesa's not a fan. No. I'm a huge fan Are of innovation. <laughs> yes, I'm of a huge innovation. fan of innovation. I think most of these rules are good. Uh, and, yeah, can't wait. And Paul's um, not a fan. That's no, no, not really. I, I think that most of the games, they probably won't figure all that much. Obviously, the the bonus point will have to figure. But more often than not, I think that the 
the substitute won't be taken and that the the extra two bonus the overs of the the surge or the the boost, whatever it's called, will be taking it over as 19. The boost is the point. How could you get that confused? <laughs> I do think that... We'll be taking it over as 19 and 20. Are they going to have to not push teams to use the X factor, but be like... Because I agree with you, Paul. Like, when? why would people use that? Why would teams so use that? So many reasons. No. I think I've been brainwashed. <laughs> uh, there's so many reasons. Cash, you lose a lot of early will wickets. do that. Uh, trust me, it's not, not coming. But, uh, but by the way... If it is coming, I am completely open to changing my opinion. If, if, okay. if, yeah. if Cricket Australia would like to um, send us some some money, 100%. I will completely change and say it's we the greatest open thing to ever. I will, open to I, will tweet, I will tweet how good that shit is. I will. <laughs> All right, now, Paul, we've we've done a you've done a lot of preparation in the lead up to this white ball series, Australia v India in the the two white ball series. Uh, before we get into the general chat. Um, I think that these white ball games being only on Fox Cricket might draw a bit more attention that, than in the last couple of years. The, I think the fact that, you know, Australia's international return at home is only going to be on pay TV might draw some criticism, whereas it hasn't oh, in the past. Criticism not as in viewers. Yeah, I think they'll draw some criticism. Absolutely. I think that there will be a ton of viewers that go, hang on, we're playing white ball cricket at the moment. And it's not on TV? And it's not on, where can I see that? Yeah. No, I, I hate it. I hate it. I agree. I mean, where I'm currently living, uh, we don't have Foxtel for boring reasons. And so I, I was just thinking, oh, I'll watch that. And oh, I suddenly realised I can't. So I'm going to have to watch it on an iPad or, or, or go to the game or something and, and you know, the, it's just not ideal. It's just not yeah. ideal. It also gets the white ball sort of gets everyone revved up for the tests and I think almost we'll be playing tests just with not as much lead in and not as much excitement. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I suppose if you do, what's the first date of the first test is the 17th? 17th, yeah. Um, and the, the final test ends about a uh, slightly more than a month later. There's kind of one month where the Australian men's team will be available on free-to-air mm. and that's it. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. It's yeah. sad. So I think there will be some criticism. Uh, Paul, you've done some analysis of the two sides. Run us through it. All right. Well, uh, well, first of all, see what you think of this. Do you agree that if Australia was to pick their best side at the moment, it would be roughly along along the lines of this is for the one-dayers because that's what's kicking us off. Uh, Finch and Warner, Smith, Labashain, Stoinis, uh, Carey, Maxwell, Cummins, Stark, Agar and Hazelwood. How would that be roughly what you'd say? Yeah, it's roughly. The only real question mark I have is I'd probably have Zampa for Ashton Agar. Yeah, same. Oh, I wrote Zampa in my brain and then it came out as Agar. That's what I meant. It, um, it came out. <laughs> <laughs> it came out on paper as Agar How too. Did that happen on the podcast where you think one thing but something else comes out. <laughs> my autocorrect corrects. Oh yeah, I've got Zampa. It, yeah, no. I mean, I wouldn't be putting Agar at ten. Um, either. If I, yeah, so. I thought that was all a bit rare. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> you know, I think that's a pretty good type. Side, minus Labashane. Back in the side. Did you hear me pronounce his name right when he was on the show, Jaleesa? Yeah, you didn't then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, continue, Paul. Sorry. Okay, now, and, and a typical Indian side uh, might be, they're not going to have um, Rohit Sharma uh, for the one-day series. So Darwin, Agawal. Coley, Shreyas Iyer, Kale Rahul, Pandya, Jadeja, and then either maybe Kuldeep Yadav or Yuzvendra Chahal, Shami, Saini, and Bumrah. What strikes me most about these two sides is obviously they're both very good sides, 
But the, the the thing that jumps off the page is how weak India's tail could be. Um, I was hearing someone the other day saying that they're almost uh, exclusively number 11s, the bottom of their order. So that um, you look at the first-class batting averages of some of their lower order. Saini, 9.9 is his batting average. Bumrah, 7.6. Shami, 11.9. And Chahal, 8.8. So if that is who they go with, they are um, almost six out, all out. Also complicating it for India is the fact that um, at the moment Hardik Pandya is not bowling. And so um, he's got a back injury that's potentially getting better, but I don't think there's any certainty that he's going to bowl. So that also then leaves them fairly shy on, because they haven't got many batsmen that turn their arm over as well. So they've kind of got those four bowlers that I named, and maybe Jadeja to, to, to finish it up. And Jadeja's record in Australia isn't all that good. He's got a, um, what's his... Um, one day average in India is 31. In Australia, his average is 65. Economy rate in India of 4.9 and Australia of 5.2. So India kind of lack a little bit of that sort of secondary skill, uh, whereas Australia have um, have those sorts of things covered. So uh, for that for that reason, my, my initial thought is that um, I, I think Australia deserve to be fairly strong favourites. Yeah, I'd agree. Can't wait to see Coley in action in the, in the white ball stuff. He's been immense when he's played Australia, even in the last couple of series. And with only, you know, the six white ball games in the test, I think he'll be pretty keen to make an impression. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see this being an exciting series. The last few series that Australia and India have played, especially, well, in India, the last two, but also here, they've been pretty good. So I think we'll see good cricket. And we've got, um, of the six games, all as we, as we go to air, well, as we record, all but a couple of tickets for the first game are sold out. So games two, three, four, five, and six, that's the, including the T20s across Sydney and Canberra, have all been sold out. It's only half capacity, so the SCG sort of middle 20,000s and Canberra's only about 5,000. But the tickets have been snapped up very quickly. Uh, so it's a pity um, that we can't have a full capacity crowd because I think we'd go close to getting capacity crowds given the, the, the number of Indians who'd be keen to go as well. Yeah, not surprising in Canberra too because they don't always get a lot of really good cricket. So that it's not surprising that that has been snapped up quite quickly. But I agree with you. I wish they'd gone capacity crowd. All right. So that starts uh, this Friday. Can't wait for that. Now let's get into the cricket headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcast. The first headline is that Robert Craddock uh, in the Australian newspaper writes that the Adelaide test is now looking good and they may be even allowed crowds of up to 27,000 people. So I guess at the time of recording last week, we were panicking that the Adelaide test might be moved or maybe cancelled, but that looks like it's going to go ahead. So good result. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one thing he noted as well, that the the corporate side of things out, at the, out, out the back at the Adelaide Oval is going to have to be uh, curtailed. And I take that to mean that if anyone's ever been to the Adelaide Test match of recent times, they've got a massive set of marquees out the back that you, I think you have to be a member to be in, but it's pretty easy to kind of get a friend to give you a ticket and all this sort of stuff. And so at any given time, they'll often have 40,000 as the listed crowd, and yet you look at the, st- the stands are empty. Everyone's out the back. And I know that's what sport has to do. You've got to get people in the way that they do. But for me, I'll be really happy that people are actually forced to sit there and watch the cricket because that's, I mean, that's what they should be doing. Yeah, I agree. I think this should be done in the future. <laughs> you don't want people wasting a, a, a day at the cricket by get, going out the back and just drinking in a tent and watching on TV. I'm, I'm happy either way as long as people uh, are into cricket. And yeah, well, <laughs> if you're out the back... In a tent, but yeah, yeah. So no, that, I, I agree with Julissa that you do whatever you can to get the crowds in, but it will be nice um, to yeah to have them um, 
having no choice but to actually watch the cricket. <laughs> you will right. sit there and you will enjoy it. Like, lock it in. It's one of my disappointments. It's like a ride, you know, you get an amusement park, they just lock you in your seat. Yeah. Exactly. It's one of my disappointments at Lords that the, the one of the first times I went there that a friend I was with had some friends who were MCC members and we watched the first session and then at lunch they started buying us drinks and we just didn't watch another ball. And I've never done that in any cricket ever, but that's half the ground at Lords was seemingly doing that. Yeah, not a fan of that. Cricket all the way. Uh, you've written here, Paul, that the Australian Open tennis is likely to be moved. I obviously have no knowledge of this event, so can you explain it? To yeah, the I, I can't claim to be breaking this story. This is in the it's in the public domain. Yeah, so you've written <laughs> in these notes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> not <laughs> in any newspaper. <laughs> Let me make that clear. Robert Craddock wrote in the newspaper. Why? Paul sent me a message. No, the, the um, Tennis Australia contacted me, and I sort of said, Look, "Why don't you just push it back a bit?" So it was meant to be on the eighteenth of, of January. It's now more likely to be on the first of February, and this is um, a little bit of a bonus for cricket because it means that the Gabba Test match, which otherwise would have been coinciding with the start of the tennis, so the fifteenth to the nineteenth is the Gabba Test, that would have been in and amongst the start of the tennis and all the build up. So that has a bit of clear air. But more importantly, that the Big Bash will now go ahead. Uh, virtually not competing with the, the Australian Open, except for the <laughs> the two most important games, the the Super Eliminator, whatever they call the second last game, and the final will be up against the tennis. So um, that's pr- probably good for, uh, definitely good for cricket. And maybe uh, Channel 9 up till now have probably been smirking a little bit at the uh, brouhaha between Channel 7 and the cricket, and they're probably thinking we're very happy to no longer have it. But all of a sudden they might for the first time think, oh, we wish we had the cricket rather than tennis because now they'll have the choice of do they show the tennis because this, this will be then into the ratings period. And, mm. you know, will they show the tennis on Channel 9, which is what everyone will want, but it will alienate the normal viewers who are tuning into Farmer wants a new um, new pair of socks or whatever rubbish um, they show. Um, and they'll switch over <laughs> to Channel 7 and watch whatever rubbish they show. Farmer um, <laughs> wants a new pair of socks. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, or do they then you know, pacify those people and say, well, you know, we'll put on whatever junk you want to watch and we'll put the cricket on, the, the tennis onto gem, which will offend uh, everyone else. So that's a little dilemma for them. Um, you probably don't want to comment on that, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and I will sit silently. All, I, all I'll say is before when we've, um, when we've had uh, clashes with the tennis with news, news always... Um, Wins. Wins, but I don't know about other shows. I have no inside knowledge on that. <laughs> a little bit above my pay grade. <laughs> Happy to contribute if anyone wants to ask me my opinion. But I, I think you're right, though. It is good for the cricket season that they get clear air at the end of January, so that's a benefit. All right, our next headline, the Women's Big Bash League is now into the final series and the top four after the regular season. We had the Melbourne Stars on top. Then the Brisbane Heat second, Sydney Thunder third, Perth Scorchers fourth. So we'll have Melbourne taking on Perth and Brisbane taking on the Sydney Thunder in the semi-finals at North Sydney Oval. Um, great competition. I've been really enjoying it. And look, last last show I gave the Sydney Sixers WBBL side a bit of a serve, and I felt like they've kind of just fallen off the. Fallen off the ladder a little bit. They're just not. They're just not the team they were a couple of years ago, and so they failed to make the finals. But I think there is something to to my thought that, that 
you know, things aren't all good in the Sydney Sixers camp because on Saturday there was the situation where the Sydney Sixers named a player in their 11 that actually wasn't eligible to play in the game because Hayley Silver Holmes had been out for an injury with an injury and she was fit. But you need to, there's a committee that needs to approve all the players coming back into your squad. That Sydney Sixers had failed to lodge the paperwork, which meant when they came to field, they had to basically field without that named player, Hayley Silverholmes. So effectively, they left themselves a bowler short. Now, this was a must-win game for the Sixers. They lost the game to the Renegades, which basically put them in a very uh, you know, a very much a difficult position to make the finals. And to me, that's a massive stuff up. I mean, this is, you know, the premier sports competition to, in the country and they've forgotten to register a player and therefore sort of gone in a bowler short. Uh, yeah, there's, things aren't good at the Sydney Sixers. I don't know if this is a – I don't know necessarily if I agree that it's a broader – problem with the Sydney Sixers, but that was definitely such an oversight. And I had, I agree. I just think they've gone soft. I agree with what you said uh, last week. I They have a star-studded team. They should be right up the top of the ladder. And they they just have really underperformed. Yeah. And that, I mean, on the last day, Elisa Healy made a brilliant century and the Sixers beat the stars, but it was too little, too late. Mm. And, uh, f- you know, two years ago, they were on the precipice of greatness. And now... Uh, two years in a row, they haven't made the final. So I think they need to think about leadership, coaching, everything needs to be shaken up there. And just someone I'd like to point out who I've really enjoyed watching is Sophie Devine. Oh, hasn't she been oh, fantastic? She is beautiful to watch her, just every shot she plays and she's just got, she's very classy. Yeah, very much. And I think it speaks to the strength of the competition. You know, you spoke about the Sixers star-studded lineup. The fact that four teams made it above them, you know, they're all pretty good lineups. And so I think the competition, we're really seeing it come on. And, you know, when you look at the broader context of the COVID and the fact that we don't have all the players available, it's a pretty pretty good result for the competition that uh, it still seems to be building every year. Yeah, I yeah I agree with you. It's, um, it's definitely getting bigger and bigger. Mm, I loved it. So I'm going to try and get out to the semifinals and final. But yeah, I, I'd be I'd be sacking Perry next season, Mr. Skipper. Um oh, yeah, wow. that's your quote. I'd sack Perry. Um all right. Now, the men's big bash fixtures have been released. All of them now. So a couple of podcasts ago we spoke <laughs> about the fixtures up till the new years. Well, they've been released now post-new year. And hello to all our West Australian listeners because you're getting some home matches. Uh, and then the competition's moving uh, to the SCG and MCG. Sorry, the competition's moving to Sydney and Melbourne. So they'll be playing at the Sydney Cricket Ground at Sydney Showground and in Melbourne at the MCG and Marvel Stadium. And, and looking at it, there's... There's an, overall, there's not too many neutral games. There's a few uh, neutral games, but not too many. So I think they've done a great job and uh, they should be commended. I agree. And it doesn't matter so much this year. Of all the seasons ever, if there's a, an excuse for a, a, a small crowd, I don't think anyone will, will really care. And I, I think there's every chance it'll, it'll really rate well. I have to say, uh, and this is probably just a broader comment about COVID and cricket and sport moving forward. There's going to be a point where we've got to stop putting sports men and women in bubbles um, because I think it's getting to the point now where – and I want to – I'm 
very pro keeping everyone safe and I would wear a mask if I needed to and that all kind of thing. So Jaleesa is not pro people but, dying. Just I'm not pro people dying. I'm not pro, I'm not pro COVID. But I just think it, it, we're getting to the point now where um, it, it's going to start draining cricketers and moving into football season. Sorry, man. It's, it's going to start okay. draining footballers if we keep putting everyone in, in bubbles. And I just think at, at this point – it's probably not necessary, and I felt really bad for the strikers last week when they were ripped out of Adelaide so quickly with barely any warning uh, for something that is not on for a very long time, like they're, they're now away from their families. I, I just think – I know sports are – and this is not a criticism of – So then what are you saying? They should cancel the comp? Absolutely not. I, this is not a, This is not a criticism of cricket or rugby league or any of the bodies – because they're trying to do, you know, what's best for the sport and what's best to keep everyone safe. But I'm starting to feel like it's getting to the point now where it's an overreach to look like, almost look like, okay, look how safe we're keeping everyone. But practically, I would love to see the biosecurity advice that says that anyone is that much safer. I mean, I think the issue with the strikers is that they feared the border closure and that if the... Exactly. They feared the border closure. It wasn't actually about keeping people safe. No, but they have no choice. If the border closed and the strikers were stuck in South Australia, then they they, they can't plan the big bash. No, but this is what I'm saying. I'm not criticising the sports bodies themselves because they are just trying to appease the governments. But I think it's, you know, and I understand why they ripped them out, but it's starting to get to the point where it's... You're going, you can't keep this going forever. Well, David Warner spoke to the media today and he said, you know, he hasn't seen his kids or, or wife since early August. So it's already a hundred days. He hasn't seen his two uh, daughters and who knows how many. Well, I think he'll probably see them when he comes out of quarantine now. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's a long time for people to be separated from their families. I hope that what we get though is gradually the, Things change in the community. So by the end of the Big Bash, they might allow people in and out of the bubble a bit more freely so people can see their families. But, yeah, it's not ideal. I don't want things to just be done to be seen to be safe. I want them done because they are safe. Well, I, I think that's what they're they doing, are. though. I think that, that I would trust that they are taking the, the advice of the medical experts who would say there is still a reason for doing it that way and let's err on the side of caution. And maybe in a month's time it won't be necessary. Yeah. All right, our final cricket headline. And we forgot to do this in the last show, so I just want to wrap up the IPL. It concluded two weeks ago. The Mumbai Indians beat the Delhi Capitals in the final. Uh, I'm just going to run through the sort of Australian performances in the um, Delhi innings. Batting first, Marcus Stoinis was out for a golden duck to Trent Bolt, opening the batting. So the one to stroke in the semifinal did not work in the final. Uh but for the Mumbai Indians, Nathan Coulton and I bowled a very impressive spell, two for 29 or four overs. And just when the Delhi Capitals looked like they might get their score above uh, what 156 is what they eventually made, uh, Coulton and I kept them pretty tight at the end there, so kept them to 156. Mumbai got there easily, which is five wickets down. Marcus Stoinis, two for 23 off two overs. The best-performed Aussies in the tournament, David Warner. 548 runs for Sunrisers Hyderabad, way ahead of all the other Aussies. Marcus Stoinis made 352 runs, so second of the Aussies, but his strike rate was an electric 148, and he was the Australian leading wicket-taker in the tournament, taking 13 wickets. Pat Cummins did well. He took 12, 
12 wickets, and he kept his runs per over under eight and over, so that's pretty good for Cummins. Now, the the most sixes in the tournament, so to give you a – um, a gauge. The most sixes by one player was Ishan Kishan, who hit 30 sixes, and Stoinis hit 16, and that was the most by any Australian. Kishan still couldn't find his way into the Indian squad. No, he couldn't. Uh, oh. From an Australian point of view, it would be interesting, very interesting this summer in the in the white ball cricket to see how Stoinis goes for Australia, because he's, um, he's been someone I think a lot of us have had question marks over at the top level. If he can carry this sort of form through, then maybe he's going to blossom into the... The best version of himself. Cameron Green's not bowling a lot at the moment, which I think is helping Stoinis because I have a feeling that they might have tried Green as the all-rounder in the one-day side if if he was able to bowl 10 overs. But overall, a very, very disappointing uh, IPL for all the Australians. It, you know, it was, you know, it was really across mm. the board. A lot of them didn't play much. The ones that did play, some of them didn't perform very well. So I wonder whether the value of the Australians in the tournament's going down or this is a bit of an outlier, but certainly something to watch. I'll tell you what, it was really, the IPL, I was a little bit worried ahead of it thinking that oh is it really going to be as exciting because it had no crowds and that kind of thing but you didn't notice no. at all once it got going you did not I loved notice it. i loved it too it was brilliant good yeah uh, just it just feels like you're always seeing something amazing yeah you know, davili is batting to whoever it's just so good you're, yeah yeah all right that is the cricket headlines brought to you by piccolo podcast we're going to take a break and then we'll be back with listener mail and can't let it go you're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Menes. I'm with Paul and Jaleesa, and it's now a viewer mail time. Paul, do you want to read this lovely bit of correspondence? Sure. Um, this is from Dave Sanders from Nottingham in England. Dear Menes and Paul, as an English cricket fanatic living through the beginning of another bleak winter, I recently found myself searching for a podcast to help me get through the latest lockdown and the cold November rain. A search on Spotify told me that if you love cricket, then Cricket Unfiltered is for you. Reading that the podcast was hosted by a couple of Australians, it was with little hope that I pressed the play button as I set off on my daily walk along the banks of the River Trent. It was with a mixture of surprise and disappointment that it turned out to be absolutely superb. I have been listening ever since. Your recent interviews with Dan Norcross and Jeff Lemon were excellent. It's also good to hear the detail behind the excellent test side that Australia are sadly building. I'd be interested to know how you think the current this current team stacks up via the Australian teams of the late 80s and 90s. I can't see anything but defeat for England next year, but I think the 2023 Ashes has the potential to be a classic and you Aussies will go home licking your wounds again. Thanks again, guys. Stay well and keep up the great work. 2023 Ashes is on nine. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Dave. So, Jaleesa, how does this compare with the Australian sides of the late 80s or 90s? The late 80s? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm kidding. What about you, Paul? <laughs> um, well, first, Dave, thanks very much. That's a, a lovely, um, a lovely email. And um, I spent five very happy days um, on the River Trent, um, walking to and from uh, the Test match there in 2013. Nottingham is a city that um, I have very, very fond memories of. Yeah, I actually saw my first ever Test in England at uh, Trent Bridge in 1993. Steve Warren, Brendan, Julian battered Australia to safety. How does this side compare? I think that the best Australian sides of my time were that side of the early 2000s uh, into the mid-2000s. It depends when you pick your era. I don't think it's at that level yet, but I reckon it's just about the next best after that. I, I think it would beat the side of the 
That side of the late 80s, early 90s, well, I'd say early 90s, that 93 side, I just about picked this current side to, to beat it, I think. I can only comment on the late 90s when I started watching cricket <clears throat> when I could start and talk and walk and things like that. Um, and I... Showing off your age. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I <laughs> think that I still always think of the sides in the early, the side of the early 2000s as the best side. Maybe I don't yeah, know. No, you're right because they are the best. Side. I don't know if that was where I fell in love with cricket too. So there's a little bit of an affection there. But I, I have to say, I think our bowling cartel is up there. Yeah, but okay. Shane Warne's the you know you add Shane Warne to our current. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's, you look at Shane Warne over Nathan Lyon, but the the three other the, the three quicks they may well have it on. that yeah, one. you I know agree. McGrath I'd still have as number one, but. Um, Gillespie and was it is it Lee or Kasprovich or whatever else? I, I think that the um, I mean Gillespie was a fantastic bowler, but when you get down to the third level, I think that let's say ninety three Ashes would have been like Rifle and yeah Fleming and Mer- well, Mer- Mervin no, not, not not Fleming um, Swerve and he had a bladder test in England Damien oh, Fleming yeah, right. um, and um, then also Gilchrist versus Payne um, when you move to that ninety nine early two thousand side is is um, no disrespect to Payne but Gilchrist was obviously. Uh, fantastic, but the rest of it, um, the batting lineup is getting pretty pretty close. But, but overall, I think that this current Test side hasn't had a an extended period period of dominance. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's you know, they didn't true. even yeah. win the Ashes last year. They they drew a series. They should have won, and they beat two sides. No, they drew the series and they won the Ashes. Remember that's okay. The, they they <laughs> drew a series. They should have won. Though. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think unproven. you're right. There's not the dominance there. Yeah. Uh, right. But in terms of um, going forward, unfortunately, I agree with uh, Dave. It's very hard to see England doing anything other than getting beaten out here in 2021 Yeah, 6-0. And hopefully, if the world is normal, I'd love to be in England for the 2023 Ashes, and hopefully it is a classic in Australia, just sneak home. Yeah, my favourite mm. summer was at 13-14, where so England lost 5-0 in the Ashes, and then it, it was the white ball stuff afterwards, and they mm. just kept losing every game. Mm. So the paper would just have 9-0, 10-0, 11-0. Um, so let's hope that happens next summer. That was the one where even the one the white ball game we were going to lose, um, Faulkner wasn't it? Yeah, Came exactly. Out and, um, <laughs> Suck it, Poms. All right, now uh, a, a Thanks, be, Dave. We've been saving this one, Jaleesa. <laughs> this is from Cardi Eleven. Oh, Cardi Can't 11. listen to this podcast anymore. So he's not listening, <laughs> which is good. We've lost a good one. Um, this is from Cardi. Andrew and Paul talk longer than and over the top of Jaleesa and are quite dismissive of her having an opinion that they don't agree with. It's become noticeably worse (laughs) over the last few weeks. Female tokenism at its finest. Now, Jaleesa, (laughs) you're you're obviously the subject of this. Do you feel that we talk over you a lot? No. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Let me just take that limelight away from you again. Uh, what? What's this man? What's this person's name? You just come back close to the microphone. Sorry, what's this person's name? Cardi. You're a very you boss me with the microphone. Well, That's about all you do. I think someone on TV would know how to use Cardi. a microphone. <laughs> no, we have people for that. <laughs> um, Cardi, uh, God bless Cardi for having my back. Love He's not that. listening, so you can say whatever you like. <laughs> Please stop interrupting. <laughs> But I have Talking to, I have to passionately disagree. Yep. Just because um, I have become, I guess, more confident in saying no to people I don't like working with. And if I didn't love working with both of you, oh, just make me. 
I would never reply to your messages ever again, <laughs> yeah. rather than just taking three days to reply to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but uh, no, you don't. And look, the comment about female tokenism. Female tokenism is when somebody just sits there and agrees with your opinion because mm. they want a female sitting there. That's right. And so I actually think if we – we all have very varied opinions, mm. um, particularly like Paul and I probably are a bit more on the same wavelength, but you and I don't agree at all no. on a lot of things. And Hate each Paul, other. <laughs> and Paul and you don't agree, but with uh, in good spirit, you know, we just all have very different opinions. And I love hearing other – your opinions. I love hearing Paul's opinions, but um, I think if we all agreed with each other, first of all, this would be a very boring podcast. And if and I just said yes because you're a woman, oh yes, yeah, that's nice actually, that, you're watching cricket. That's that's tokenism, yeah, that's yeah right. and it's offensive. So uh, no, I I I wouldn't just know that if I ever thought these two were disrespectful at all, I would never go near them again. And actually, Menas, when he sent this to me, I just was like. What? Like, I, I just couldn't believe that someone had written that. And I, I guess the only thing I want to point out to Cardi, who's not listening, thank mm. goodness, but uh, there, back, was a, there was a while where we record, were recording on Zoom and it's not as easy on Zoom. Sometimes you actually do talk over someone and you don't realise mm. and things like that. So maybe there was a bit of that. But um, You know, I just think discussion is discussion. Like, I, I've never felt ever like you've been rude or anything like that. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't come back if I did. All right, so thank you very much to Dave and Cardi. Good back, to have Cardi. feedback. Come back, Cardi. I'm so, honestly, I'm so brutal to, to manners anyway. You don't have to worry about me. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, we're going to come back after the break with Can't Let It Go. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, if you've got a moment, go onto Twitter and Instagram and follow it. Follow us at Oz Cricket Pod, that's AUS Cricket Pod, or email us at OzCricketPod at gmail.com. All right, we'll be back with Can't Let It Go. Welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's Can't Let It Go time. Paul, what have you got for us? All right, so I was looking at buying a ticket to the first game of the series in the one days, and I was on the SCG page, and it said, click here for the terms and conditions. And I just thought, oh, well, I might as well have a bit of fun, read these. And for some reason it linked Who to Who clicks that? I know, I know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a cricket train spotter, but my <laughs> God. No, um, it, but it linked to the um, – oh, that was the conditions of entry. And I oh, thought, I, oh, sorry, now I'm in. <laughs> now you see where I was coming oh. from. But it – peculiarly linked me to the Monica Oval um, conditions of entry and I read them and I'm just a bit annoyed and on behalf of the residents of Canberra, they don't want you to go to the cricket because what you can't bring into Monica, any type of bag, including a backpack, handbag, camera bag, lunch bag or plastic bags, jackets or items of clothing may not be carried into the venue, they must be worn at the time of entry and then included in what can I bring into Monica Oval um, you can bring stuff in your pockets. You can bring a small purse only, which is about the size of a hand, which is doesn't look very useful. Or you may carry individual items of non-commercial food in clear or sealed packaging, such as a sandwich, a chip packet, or a muesli bar. That's food poisoning right there. You just can't You walk in there with a sandwich, no esky. You're going to kill somebody. Well, I wasn't going to go that far, but that's well, exactly right. I will. Um, and so... The Cheese point I'm making tonight. is, imagine that, and then the, what's the, non-commercial <clears throat> food? I like think a made sandwich at home. Like you can't go to 
say Subway, for example. And oh, okay. Pick up right. a sub and stick it under your arm. I can take it home because the fascists have taken. And over then the final thing is that um, you can, if you've got a, patrons with an infant, may bring a large size clear Ziploc bag to carry all the things like nappies and wipes and formulas. Now, what? if you are going with a family to the cricket. And you have to, for start, if Canberra you're going to be wearing, I would imagine, with, if I was going with my wife, she gets very cold. She'd need two jackets, even though it's summer because it's a day-nighter, it's likely to get cold in the end. So you've got to wear those two into the ground. You're carrying seven different individual Ziploc bags, each with one sandwich in, as Mena said, ageing very, very badly in the sun. Um, you've got to carry, take some Lego for the child or a few other things, some sunscreen. It's just unwieldy. And uh, I also mentioned you can take in um, one drink bottle as well. It, I can just see this in a year's time if Canberra gets a game when England are here. England fans who are not used to this walk up, they, you're what? I can't take a bottle of water. They just, they just, they will not be able to comprehend it. Now, I understand we've got to be terrorism aware or whatever. I don't think this is COVID. This sounds more like anti-terrorism. Um, but I think you have to be a little bit more user friendly than that. And I just, I looked at that and thought, if I lived in Canberra, I would not go to the cricket if those were the conditions that I was under. Um. What is this a new thing? Like, because I cannot imagine they'll adhere to this. Well, because I've never gone. I've been to Monica Oval several times for cricket, and you I always have, take an esky beer. Oh, I'm taking arm. everything. Yeah. I'm doing the old hollowed out bread trick, and then oh, you yeah. put a wine bottle in it. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm the just watermelon doing, with the vodka. Don't do that. That's naughty. No, this, we don't endorse any of this. I've got this. the barbecue chicken with rum. In the okay, well. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they used to say back in the old days. You watch the old footage, and there's all these bar- barbecue chickens on the really? uh, on the edge of the field because everyone's taking a miniature of rum and throwing the chicken away. That's that an urban me- myth, maybe, that's but it's um, wild. We don't condone these practices. Then again, Marnie Crowe, you get what you asking. The for. only time I was at Marnie Crowe recently was a couple of years ago for the Sri Lankan test there, and it did get pretty wild there. I've got to say because they've got a big hill area. Um, but these are draconian measures. It sounds like the people who run the SCG have moved uh, to Canberra <laughs> and just thought, okay, we'll ruin cricket here as well. Any type of backpack, a bag, including a backpack, handbag, camera bag, lunchbox, or plastic bags. If you have children, I mean, I don't have children, and I take, you know, things like I'm living there. Yeah, you need your girly stuff, don't you? I, well, I need, like, I need, stuff. yeah, exactly, man, as you know. <laughs> But plus, what did it mean for me? Is turned sexist. I'm it? trying not to. Cardi's message. <laughs> oh, great! Cardi's going to be on us again. Currently, I'm trying to live somewhat healthily. That this would mean I'd have to buy the food there because there's no way I'm going to take all sandwiches and stuff in and let them get um, go decrepit in the sun. Um, anyway, all right. Well, that was a hard hitting. Can't let it go. Um, all right, Mike. If Monica would like to furnish me with some free tickets for, uh, yeah. after that plug, that'd be great. <laughs> And we might change our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, we've showed we can be bought with my opinion of the Big Bash rules. Um, all right, my can't let it go is I got delivered this week a, a, a book on the history of Australian women's cricket. It's called Clearing Boundaries. And if you've been a long-time listener to the show, it's by Fiona Bolland, who was on the very first episode of Cricket Unfiltered, a, a former News Corp journo. Um, but she's written a beautiful book, and and sorry, with Matt Bonser, who I think took some of the photos. It's it's a beautiful book. It uh, goes through the whole history of the Australian women's cricket team right from the beginning. It's, a, it's well worth a read. So, uh, yeah, Clearing Boundaries, um, that's one for the Christmas stocking, but it's too big for a stocking. So, um, yeah, have a look out for that one. And you can't let it go for you, Jaleesa? Oh, no. He's shaming me. 
I have come unprepared. It's been a month since you the know last what? show. I, you think in the, the last month you'd have I've something. I've been able to let a lot of things go. <laughs> good. That's good. And no, I don't have, I can't let it go. Well, mine was actually going to be the sixes, but then we would, we talked about it. So. Yeah, they, they stuffed up, didn't they? This, the stuff up. So, uh, no, thanks for publicly shaming me, though. I'll never do this again. <laughs> All right. Well, it's great. No, Sue, it's great to have you back yeah, on the definitely. show. It's good to um, be back. You know, the only thing is I don't listen or watch anything that I do, so now I can't listen to the podcast. Because I enjoy it when I'm not on because then I can listen. I'll okay, release well, it. I can release an edited version for you where I cut all can your you? Yeah, yeah, everything it's you say out. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to go out anyway. We'll yeah. Say it's just for you. Is that what goes out to Yeah, Cardi? we just get you in to tick a box, okay? Woman, tick. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess um, will you come back again soon? I mean, I'll see how we go. Yeah, of course. I will come back. Um, I've definitely missed it, and I would love to come back if you'll have me. Good. Excellent. All right. Well, of course. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Cricket Unfiltered. The International Summer kicks off next weekend. The WBBL final is being played. It's all happening, as Bill Laurie used to say, and we'll be back next week. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.